Hello, everyone. Faith here, and you're listening to the Third Culture Podcast. Da-na-na. That's not the new jingle. However, I do use that tune and that melody a lot. Anyways, this is the long-awaited episode on youth ministry where Kristen and I look back on our years and years of ministry serving young people here and abroad. We've asked some anonymous saints to weigh in on their experiences with youth ministry and specifically the parents of our youth kids. It gets a little intense. (laughs) We were overwhelmed by the amount of feedback and notes we received, all of which were confessional and truly from a sincere place of love. And honestly, it was a lot. So we have split this episode into two parts. Thanks for listening to this one first, because this is part one where we ease into the topic of youth ministry. And we also make comments and talk about what 15 plus years of keeping up with the kids can do to two young women in ministry who are now in their 30s. In part two, uh, we have these anonymous servants answer the prompt, things I wish I could say to my students' parents, or things I wish I could say to my youth kids' parents, whatever you want. Ultimately, our hope is that you're encouraged by this talk, not discouraged. We love the church, we love youth ministry, and we will always be for the family of faith. And, you know, sometimes love involves sitting in the tension and enduring the awkwardness. Well, that's what this podcast is for. This is the Third Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Third Culture Podcast, a podcast by two third culture kids. I'm Faith. And I'm Krista. And today we want to talk about something very near and dear to our hearts, youth ministry. This may be a multi-episode. Who knows how deep and wide we go and dive into this. So I'm really excited, but not. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You and I both. You and I both. All right, let's get started then, I guess. Uh, How did you get started in youth ministry, Kristen? Youth ministry for me, I think the reason why it is so near and dear to my heart is that it is the first ministry that really made me feel like I was an active part of the body of Christ. Mm. I have been in love with youth ministry ever since that point. Um... I was 16 when I first got involved in youth ministry. So it's been 19 years. Wow. Since that point. Wow. Um, A little bit of my history. I got my undergrad in youth ministry in the study of young people. So obviously I understand that that's constantly changing. Um, I have been in youth ministry on and off, but mostly on ever since I was 16, like I said. So that's almost 20 years. Wow. I feel very, very old. (laughs) Um, I also got really involved in camp ministry since 2005 with different ministries in different parts of the country. And then I served very closely with a youth discipleship program for almost 10 years. On the edge. On the edge. Woot, woot. So that's kind of my youth ministry history in a nutshell. Wow. I should have wrote them down like yours. I should have wrote down my years. I didn't, (laughs) but here we go. (laughs) Oh, well for me, uh, I guess I started when I was 16, which was 15 years ago because our church didn't have a youth group and we didn't have a youth pastor. So I knew that I needed people my age to hang out with. So I was like, Hey, and I talked to my dad and I was like, Hey, let's 
see if we can do something. And then, so that's how it started. And as a youth person, becoming a youth leader amongst other youth leaders, and lovely people that I serve with still to, to this day. And from there, we had Revos and we started to do valley-wide and uh, regional-wide worship services for youth in different churches, which was really sweet, which turned into a lot bigger things, served it on the edge eventually. Uh, we did camps from 2008 onward, and we just got really good at doing revamps, which is what we called Revo camps. And since then, the Lord has been changing my ministry. So I'm not necessarily in youth ministry anymore. Uh, well, you and I pretty much act as consultants almost yep. to youth ministries, and you, uh, not just at our church, but at different places. So if ever you need us to step in or if you need some advice from old old ladies like us, <laughs> we're not that old, but we feel so old because we've been in youth ministry for so long. Um we are so happy to give the little that we know as nuggets of advice. And on the edge, I feel like that those 10 years of ministry alone felt like a lifetime of ministry. It did. Because people don't realize it's a summer discipleship program for youth kids aged what? It was like, well, the youngest we ever had was like 11. And the oldest we had was like 21. <laughs> 21, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. And it was a great program. And it was five weeks in the summer. But those five weeks, man, let me tell you, you don't, you didn't always get kids who wanted to be there. Right. Well, not only that, it also evolved into a live-in discipleship program. Yes. Throughout the year. Throughout the year. So kids came on, we um, helped them do homeschooling. It was, it was insane. And I think that's the reason why it felt like a lifetime because we lived, breathed yes. everything with these kids. It was a lot. It and was a lot. Yeah, we had kids go through go through some uh, some really rough seasons in their home life. Uh, some students were experiencing relapses from getting off of drugs. It's insane. So as far as experience goes, by the grace of God, you and I have been through a lot. <laughs> I don't know how we did those things. In and not our, get paid. It, well, not only that, in our early 20s. I was like, I feel like this is traumatic for anyone in their 20s right. to have all these kids in their lives. But God used it. He did. The Dang. Spirit somehow empowered us to do what we did. What we did. And I feel like the old lady at the end of Titanic. <laughs> Like, uh, it's been 84 years. 84 years. <laughs> drops the stupid <laughs> necklace. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I was like giggling. You're like talking about consulting and, and the Ghostbuster song started playing in my head. If you have if you have youth kids who are having problems, who are you going to call? Just kidding. Okay. Nathan, Krista. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. So. That is our overall overview of our histories with youth ministry. Right. So ultimately, like now we see and look back, this is all retrospective at this point. And our, our love for youth really is anchored in our love for families as a whole, families in the church and just the family unit. And let's speak to that a little bit. Like what, what have we seen be a, a fruit of youth ministry worked out in families in our church? What do you think? I think something that we have seen again and again by the grace of God, by the faithfulness of God, by the power of God is 
true reconciliation Mm. in family units. We have seen kids who have been rebellious or parents even who were not saved and not walking Mm. come to the foot of the cross, you know, together. And, and we've seen, I'm, 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 one particular family story is really coming into mind. We had a young man come to one of our programs and he was really struggling with, with drugs, with alcohol. He got a part, he became a part of our, our youth ministry and, and our summer camp and the Lord brought brought up, you know, just the dross of you resent your family. You you have seen your parents who are ministry people, you know, in this light. And the Lord came and redeemed it. And now mm. he is serving as a pastor. Yeah. And he's a married man with multiple beautiful children. Mm. And he's serving alongside his dad. Yeah. And, um, and I think that... And I'm not saying ministry is the end goal of God's design for families, but unity is. Yeah. Absolutely. And and reconciliation and healing is, mm-hmm. you know, um, and oneness in him is, mm-hmm. you know. And so we've seen that. And I think ultimately um, that's a massive desire and goal that God has. That's how he designed families, period. Yeah. And so we've seen that come out of youth ministry and 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 that's the reason why we we have such a deep respect and a deep desire along with Christ for for family units yeah. you know and ultimately youth ministry and these types of ministries they are a tool and a resource for families yes to have. We're here to support you. We are for you yes. so deeply. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've also seen where youth are invited by their friends to go to other youth events and their non-saved friend gets saved, comes to know Jesus, and their whole family has no concept of Christ. Or sometimes a kid will come to Student Venture just because we have free pizza. Yep. <laughs> and they come every, like the entire school year, every, how, what, Tuesday? And they would just come and then get saved, join a local body, and then we get to walk with them through their walk with the Lord. And their family who doesn't know the Lord now has this remnant in their home who knows Jesus and is a light to their family. Right. That's incredible fruit that the spirit just does. God just does it. Right. And we get to be a front row seat to witness how God is redeeming an entire family. So it's like we have families getting reconciled. We have families getting whole, wholly redeemed. And it's, it's really, really sweet. So this is why our heart for youth ministry still continues to this day, because I also see the fruit of youth that I've, been a youth leader over are now co-laborers with me as adults. And that always makes me emotional because I'm like, oh, the Lord had a calling on your life. You, He could have called you to do something else, but right. here we are co-laboring together, linking shields together. I already have a couple youth in mind that we serve with at our church currently who are now grown and are completely 
like knowledgeable in the world and then the word and the world, actually, they know things of the world too, knowledgeable in the word, filled with the spirit, super emboldened to preach the gospel and to disciple others. And that's the goal is discipleship. That is it. That's all. Even if you, they're called to the workforce, they're still called to discipleship, even over there. So that for me, I just give God praise for that. I'm like, wow, praise the Lord. I love that for us. And those people now that the ones that you're even mentioning, like it's, it's so humbling to see them now catch vivid vision yes. for those who are now their teenagers. It's crazy. And this beautiful cycle mm. that God intended, <laughs> you know, and kind of propels forward in discipleship is just continuing, Yeah, you know, and, and whenever we get to um, have the honor to come alongside of these people and to come alongside youth ministries, mm. it always, it always just brings me so much life. Yeah. Just because I have, I just love it. I know yes. it's not my season right now, mm-hmm. but the fact that I get to be used every so often for yeah. it, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm all like, about call it. Me. Call me, beat call me, me beat if you want to reach me. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Christina Milian. Yes. Seriously. I love it. said what then is the role of the youth leader as it pertains to the church because it's not really explicitly talked about in this in scripture but we see allusions to it when it comes to discipleship Paul and Timothy and and all that stuff and and Mark and Peter you know so we see as far as like young men being raised up young women being poured into by older women and all that jazz but there's never a verse that's like first Timothy for something um, thou shalt have serve hot and ready pizzas <laughs> and Kirkland waters. Like there's never, there's no actual real like instruction for what a youth leader does. So uh, as it pertains to the family unit, what, what would you say is the youth leader's role? And we can just bounce back and forth for this. So a youth leader, again, is a resource for you, for, mm. for parents. We are a tool you know, we can be some places where you can't be. Um, there's a certain level of like, I don't know, like a special trust and and like access sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think of us as um, the older sibling that's moved out of the home. Mm. We're kind of like, we've been brought up in the home. We understand what the the rules of the family is. Yeah but we've moved out and now we come alongside our younger siblings and we get to just be, we just get to be there for them. They can ask us questions. They can tell us like who they like, you know, like who they have crushes on, who they got the ass on, all that stuff. But in, within the safety of the family unit, Mm -hmm. it's not outside the family unit. Mm -hmm. It's still within the family unit. And so I, whenever I 
when we were deeply in youth ministry, that's always how I saw myself. I'm just, yeah. a, I'm just a older sister in Christ, but we're a part of the same family. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to teach you or lead you astray yeah. from what, you know, said mm-hmm. family rules are or whatever. Um, obviously it has to be anchored in the Lord yes. and anchored in God's word. And so that, that to me is like that, that role it's a Titus two role, mm-hmm. but a little extended, I think. Mm-hmm. What about you? What do you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like how you said that we are a support for the parents, and I know this is also difficult for parents who may not be saved, or maybe it's a mixed family as far as believers. But we are here to exemplify walking worthy of the gospel. Therefore, that makes it a high calling for us. So we're not just randos put like life scanned and thrown into a group of people who are, you know, kind of older than your students to lead them in games. There is a legit calling placed on people's lives to be youth leaders that holds us to a very high standard. So when it comes to walking worthy of the gospel, we we need relationships with the Lord that that really shine in that way. So that's not to say we're, we're perfect or anything. We're not perfect. Um, do I walk worthy all the time? No. Um, have I failed as a youth leader? Have I been in sin as a youth leader? Yes. But has the Lord been faithful to have people in my life around me as a youth leader to call me out and to um, hold me to walking worthy of the gospel? And has the Spirit been faithful to call me to repentance? Yeah. So there is a very high calling as a youth leader because if I am not walking worthy of the gospel, the Lord will lovingly retire me for a moment, set me aside for a moment, and maybe I'm just called somewhere else. But like, there, there is a lot to consider when you become a youth leader. So um, as that support for parents— we are also not called to be your kids' parents. Like you said, we are the older sibling. So I'm not, my, it's not my job to parent your child because <laughs> you get them all their lives for as long as you let them live with you. And we get them maybe three, four hours a week. For three to four years. <laughs> exactly. Maybe. Maybe. Unless I we're with them from junior high onward or whatever. But um. Um, I know there are some parents, and we'll get to this. We'll get to a little bit of the tea, but we'll get to the point where we'll talk about there are some times where a burden that isn't from the Lord is placed on us from the parents to fix their child or to, hey, like, why is my kid not walking with Jesus? Like, isn't that why I drop them off here every week? You know, so we we have experienced that as well. So it's not our job to parent your child. We are here to disciple and to exemplify walking worthy of the gospel to your kid. So there's that. There's that. Um, but yeah, let, let's maybe talk, touch on the secrets. There are, <laughs> there are times, um, speaking of like being an older sibling and not a parent, there are times where your student will tell us something that they are afraid to tell you. And we were like, oh, like I need to tell you something like I like so-and-so or, or there's this. And, um, and maybe... They even have resentment towards a parent or something. There are some things that uh, students have confessed to us 
And But there are also very serious things that our students have confessed to us. Maybe you can speak into how we've been able to navigate over the years when it comes to things that students tell us in confidence. In confidence. I think as a thought to this as well, you, I think people need to understand how hard it is to get into that place where a yes. student trusts a youth worker just because we're a little younger mm. and just because we may look like a friend of theirs doesn't mean that trust is pre-built. No. And so that's probably one of the hardest, most um, time consuming role part that a youth leader really works at is just number one, presenting themselves available and presenting themselves trustworthy. Yeah. Which is huge. And kids now and kids then, they sniff out falsehood like nobody's business. They oh, know yeah. if you're not authentic. If they're not if you're not authentic and they, they can tell that you have like alternative motives of like trying to gain their trust, they will avoid you like the plague. Because yeah. <laughs> they just they're weirdly aware of that. Mm-hmm. And so just know that when it comes to these things, the things that are quote unquote secret, this is difficult to get to. Mm. It's not like they just openly share mass information no. to their youth leaders. With that said, I think the navigating part of it is we tr- we respect you as a parent. Mm-hmm. We have reverence for that role because God placed you in that role and it's an ordained role Mm. parenthood is. And so when it comes to harmful things or the well-being of your child, Mm. you have the right and you will and should hear about it from a youth leader or the youth pastor. Mm -hmm. We take those things very, very seriously. So when it comes to things like, hey, I'm struggling with self-harm, When we're, I'm struggling with, um, or I get really bullied at school and it, there was an altercation over one of them, but I'm too afraid to tell my mom or my dad, mm-hmm. you will like, that's, you know, there's abuse. It happened through with another family member, but mo- I can't tell mom and dad or whatever it may be in those type of regards. That is a no brainer. We will tell you. We will tell you. (laughs) We will sit you down. Mm -hmm. We will have a pastor there. We will have a covering there and we will have this tough conversation. And we have done that. And we have done that. Mm -hmm. There's times where it comes out as nothing and it kind of resolves itself. And then there's times where legit deep action needs to be taken. Yeah. And those are frightening and we understand that. But when it comes to things like I have a crush on someone (laughs) or... My mom and I had an argument and this is how I feel about it. Those type of things are a little different. Yeah. That is outside of the well-being, the physical, spiritual, emotional well-being of your kids. Those things, it might eventually get to you if it causes more problems, like if this, like this crush turned into a dating that was secret and behind your back and then, you know, things are getting inappropriate, then yeah, that mm. you need to be involved in that because you are their parent. Right. You are the one and only person that can give them permission to date yes. <laughs> or be in a relationship. Like we don't have that role. You right. do. Um, things of that nature. I think 
I think those things will eventually get to you. It's I I think where the the issue is sometimes is the Im, the immediate like you should have told me this, mm. but why? Yeah, like your your daughter has a crush on someone. It's not turning into anything else. They've never talked, <laughs> and and they've told us in confidence, and they've told us in confidence. So there's a there's a trust breach that we don't want to cross. Right, and it's not a well being of theirs. They're not being inappropriate about it. Yeah, where. Where's the need mm-hmm. outside of maybe a little overprotection? Yep. Where's the need? You know, and so and I can't, I can't speak to why she doesn't tell you. You know, sometimes she'll just she just feels more comfortable telling her friends, and I just so happen to be her friend who also is her youth leader who could help her navigate her feels, and maybe she's just embarrassed. I know I was embarrassed to tell my parents if I liked anyone. Like just as close as I was with my parents. I was embarrassed to be like, sound like someone, you know, like I just didn't want to do that. Well, not only that, I remember the first time I ever told a parent that I liked someone. It was like the moat gate got pulled up, <laughs> you know, like, like legitimate, yes. like I, I had very strict parents growing up. Yeah. Um, they loved the Lord. Yeah. But the moment I told them that I had feelings or an interest in a boy, Literally, they're like, they rented a dragon. I was up in the tower yes. and that was it. And like, I was- No, no looking at boys. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> no dating till you're married. And then, I, and then I was informed. I was trained at that very moment. This is something you don't tell mom or dad. I guess I won't tell them anything. anything. <laughs> right. So. Guess because you're a teenager and that's where your brain goes. I think I was in sixth grade. <laughs> yes. Barely a teenager. And then, so you tell them one thing and then, and it's not, it's not the parents fault per se for no, doing that. absolutely There not. is an overprotection thing we will address, but as a youth, as a young person, that one thing could just cause me cause to not tell you anything Lock and key with key <laughs> gone and out the door, you know? Yeah. But. I think there's, I think there's definitely, honestly, a very distinct difference between yes. those two things, mm-hmm. um, and and that might be that might be something that parents need to navigate through as well, like yeah. where where it it doesn't cause I don't know lack of a better word like jealousy that you are yes. unaware of these things. Mm. Um, it's just it's just different and and it's been like that for as long as I remember I mean it's not just this generation well this generation's like that no my generation was like that and I'm sure the gen- I'm sure the, the parents that are listening to this were like no I felt the same way I c- couldn't tell my mom yes. or I couldn't tell my dad over these things exactly. and so in those times it's like you have to kind of maybe walk with that a little bit and maybe have the Lord remind you like this is how it felt for you mm-hmm. your kid is your kid is, is not new. Nothing is new under the sun. It's the same feeling that they have as well over these things. But again, to reiterate, when it comes to secret things, quote unquote secret things, if it's real if it's regarding the wellness of your kids, yeah. it's it's a no brainer. It's a mm. no deal. Yes. And and when it comes to that, and most most youth leaders are also trained to if a, if a student comes up like, hey, can I talk to you? But you can't tell anybody. The first response. That's a flag. That's a flag. The first response normally is. Why can't I tell Why them? can I not tell anybody? And if it's regarding A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I have. I have to because I love you. Yeah. If it's causing harm to you, if it's doing any of these things, 
I have to. And if the if the student then continues to tell the the, the leader, they're aware. They're mm. very aware. They're not going to be like, "Why didn't you? T- why did you tell someone?" No, no. Mm. we told you straight up. If it's regarding these things, we need to tell somebody. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's happening. You know, mm-hmm. that's like a true. That's like an actual leadership training thing that most youth leaders have to go through. Um, and then if they don't tell us. Then we go, then normally we go to the youth pastor and say, Hey, so and so came up with us. They told us that they had to share us with that something that they we can't share with anyone else. We told them that mm-hmm. that's inappropriate. We can't do that if it's regarding these topics. Yes. And they decided not to tell us, can you follow up? Yeah. And that's normally a you know, then we tag another team member in our team and go, Hey, mm-hmm. um, can you follow up and find out if it's if it's something that we need to be aware of, you know? Yeah. It has to be completely professional in that way, and right because I think there's also a a temptation for youth leaders because of immaturity, and I've seen it because only because they are immature in the, either with their walk with the Lord or as people, and they're new to youth ministry. They start to gossip about the youth kids, and that's really sad because you're like, hey man, like the, these have been told to us in confidence, and as shepherds of the Lord, you are. Now, in a, in a way, fleecing the sheep for clout, <laughs> right? If that makes sense, and like, oh, I have this. It's like then you're not called a youth ministry. I'm sorry, dip out, come back when you've matured a little bit, when you have um, learned a little bit of empathy, maybe from other people. But like, there's there's a beware there for me for youth leaders. Like, there's it's one thing to share with one another for for the sake of the safety of your youth student. Um, but it's a whole other thing just to tell other people just to laugh about it, right. <laughs> which is very sad. And you should leave. <laughs> and that is that is unacceptable. Unacceptable. And that is the end of part one. Da-da-da. You did it. We made it. Part two is coming up and we will be covering the things I wish I could say to my students' parents. It's about to be a really great talk. So if you guys have any topics you'd like for us to cover, even questions that you would like for us to answer, you can email us at thirdculturepod at gmail.com or comment anywhere on our Instagram, which is thirdculturepod, just thirdculturepod. Or you can DM us, whatever you want. So we'll see you in part two.